You're listening to Understanding the Law Radio, your business success and legal information station. Hi, and thanks for joining me for another episode of Understanding the Law Radio. I'm your host, Peter Lamont, and summer is officially here. And today I want to talk about summer travel and vacation tips, not so much destination related and which hotels are the best, but rather how you can avoid injury, liability, and have the best summer vacation possible. And I know that it's it's not something that we like to think about when we think about vacation. We think about getting away from problems, getting away from work, and having a fun experience with our family or our spouse, and uh, not thinking about all these little things that you think about on a daily basis. But if you are a family or parent, you know that there's nothing more important than the safety of your children and of the loved ones that you're traveling with. And so while you might say to yourself, this is not the kind of uh, episode I want to hear about when I'm talking about vacation, I really do think you should stick around because we're going to give you some good information, some good tips and just highlight and make you aware of certain situations that are going on right now that can affect your vacation, because I do want you to have the best vacation possible. So I want to go through a few topics here, and uh, we're going to start off with travel safety. Now, I mean, you've heard it a million times, you know, click it or ticket, seatbelt laws, all that sort of thing, but you would be surprised at how many injuries occur every year simply because of either people not wearing seatbelts or the seatbelts are not um, being properly utilized. Or, and this happens all the time, you know, I mean, it even happens in my family. You know, kids will be in the back seat and they'll drop something on the floor and they'll say, hey, can I take my seatbelt off so I can pick that up? And in that moment, you look around and you say, well, there's no one coming. So, yeah, go ahead, hurry up and do it. And in, in a blink of an eye, something tragic can happen. And I've been involved in a lot of litigation um, back when I was doing a lot of insurance defense work. You know, I was representing these insurance companies and seeing firsthand these horrific motor vehicle accidents. And you, I can't tell you how many the carriers that I worked with had terrible motor vehicle accidents right up and down the I-95 corridor, people going all the way down to North, South Carolina, or all the way down to Disney World, and simply because of these issues. Kids that weren't properly strapped in, kids that were taking their seatbelts off, um, adults that were reclining in the seats to take a nap while the other, the other person was driving. When you recline your seat even though you might be wearing your seatbelt, it does not protect you in the way that it was meant to be made. Now, you could say to yourself, well, why do car manufacturers allow the seats to recline? I, I can't answer that for you. But the fact is that you can't always fall back on the, um, you know, the old standby that, hey, if we get injured, we can sue the automobile manufacturer. Because if you're dead, you can't sue anybody. And, you know, that's a serious thing. 
Um, motor vehicle crashes are the leading cause of death, believe it or not, for young people in not only New Jersey, but across the nation. Kids that are between ages of 16 and 20, it's the leading cause of death. And I want to make sure that, you know, when you are getting your family in your car, that you go over some of these rules with them about taking their seatbelt off. You know, even taking your seatbelt off too early. I've had a couple of cases where I was involved in where kids were arriving at a hotel and they took their seatbelt off because they're pulling into the parking lot. And as they're pulling up to the area where you would park to check in, they get rear-ended. And because that kid didn't have his or her seatbelt on, they go flying, you know, and maybe they don't die, thank God, but now they have a serious injury. First day of your vacation, and for something so silly, you are now spending your evening in the ER getting stitches in your kid's head. And, you know, nobody wants a vacation like that. Believe me, I've had those vacations. It seems like every year I take a vacation, one of my kids is ending up in the emergency room for something. So I, I know exactly what, it, what it's like. And, and obviously, nothing's happened to my kids and it hasn't been seatbelt related. But please, make sure that you have a very brief discussion with your family about seatbelts and the proper use of seatbelts, when to take them off, when not to. I don't want to start the podcast off with something where you're like, are you kidding me? You're going to talk to me about pot, about seatbelts. But it's relevant just because it is the leading cause of death in young people. All right. Now, I want to go on to something that is uh, still travel safety related. But, I mean, this, this scares the heck out of me. And that is, um, especially with airline travel, the fear that someone is going to try to kidnap your kids. And, you know, I don't know if you've ever seen the Liam Neeson movie Taken. And then there's Taken 2 and Taken 3. But the first Taken, it really scared me because, I mean, I know it's a movie and, and you know that Liam Neeson's going to make everything okay. But the idea of having your kid kidnapped and you losing total control over the safety of your family, being helpless, not knowing where your kid is. I mean, that has, has got to be the absolute worst feeling of dread that you could ever as a parent experience. And, you know, when I think about airline travel, which I hate, by the way, there are so many people in an airport and there's so much going on, getting through security finding your gate, getting everything ready. You oftentimes are so overwhelmed, especially if you're not a frequent airline traveler. You know, you're, you're not traveling for business. Like if I travel for business, I'm taking care of myself and that's it. I don't need to worry about anybody else. And as long as I can get myself together, I'm okay. But when you've got a family of three or four or five, now your attention is being pulled in different directions. And just the other day, there was a story on Good Morning America about a woman. Her name was Esther Daniels, or is Esther Daniels. She was 26 years old. She was caught on camera 
trying to grab a family's baby and then their older son at Hatsfield Jackson Atlanta International Airport. And I saw the video of this, and it's absolutely insane. Here is a family, and I believe they were standing by the luggage conveyor belt, with a baby in a stroller and another kid next to them. And this woman comes over and unabashedly grabs for the baby. And the the parents are trying to push her off. And it isn't until security, who was doing a good job, spotted this incident. They came over and they arrested the woman. But, I mean, how brash is that? to be standing right next to the parents and make an attempt to kidnap the child, right? And you might think to yourself, well, that's insane. That never happens. But I just saw it happen on the news. And that really is apparent. That scares me because that's the last thing that I would ever want. You know, sometimes if, if your kid is injured, you still have some, some, feelings of control over their treatment or what you're doing with the doctor. But imagine your kid being taken from you and you having no idea where in the world your kid is and how much time you have before you never see your kid again. So that being said, when you are in the airport, make sure that you have control of your kids. I would rather see you lose your luggage than your kids. And before you get to the airport, before you travel with kids, you need to have a very serious discussion with your kids about what they can and cannot do in the airport. You know, discuss with them in advance how far your kid can be away from you when you're in the airport. You have to impress upon them the you know, urgency in this. You know, I hate to scare kids, but I'd rather scare my kid than lose my kid. And, you know, that's one thing you need to do. You need to have that meeting beforehand. You should also tell your children that if they feel uncomfortable, if they see something that you aren't recognizing, that they need to tell you. And uh, granted, we're talking about kids that are six, seven, eight years old that can identify something, not, you know... uh, two, three, four-year-olds, toddlers aren't going to know what's going on. And that's a problem because toddlers and, and young kids, they smile at people. They, you know, don't know about the dangers. They'll, you know, waddle on over to somebody. They don't know any better. But if your kids are a little bit older, six, seven, eight, maybe even five, I don't know, have a discussion with them. It can be on their level, but let them know, you know, how... Dangerous an airport can be, where they can go, when they have to stay next to you, how far away from you they can be. Um, you should also know what your child is wearing, you know, and, and be aware of your surroundings. Don't let go of your kid in a very crowded area of the airport. Make sure, too, that your cell phone is charged. That's you know, it's so important because how many times do you think to yourself, oh, you know, we've been waiting for the plane. I let my kid play on my phone and the battery's dead, but uh, don't worry. When I get on the plane, I'll charge it. And then God forbid something tragic happens and you've got no battery life left in your phone. 
Now, make sure that your phone is charged and that you've had these discussions with your kids beforehand. And again, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer. I just want to be realistic as to what goes on in this world. Who cares if you can press charges against a kidnapper if they've already passed your kid along to the next person in their you know, kidnapping chain. Because generally speaking, kidnappings are not one person taking a kid. Generally speaking, when we're talking about these, these mall kidnappings and um, airport kidnappings, they are generally part of some sort of network where the child is taken and sold or taken and um, moved far away quickly through a network. It's not through one individual. Yes, there are plenty of stories out there about disgruntled grandparents or, or separated parents who will kidnap their kid. And there are also, of course, those terrible tragedies where there's serial kidnappings or just um, people that are either mentally unstable or, let's just call it what it is, completely evil and they'll kidnap somebody and they'll lock them in the basement. That happens too. But regardless of who is doing it and whether it's a network or it's an individual, the fact is you don't want this to happen. And so when you're dealing with your travel plans, you should always incorporate some safety discussion with your family. Have a game plan. I mean, it's, it's like the old um, you know, fire preparation stuff. Every once in a while, have a discussion with your kids. If there's a fire upstairs in our house, here's where we go. Here's what you do. Here's what you do in the event of an emergency. It's the same thing here. I know that you're all focused on your destination and the fun and excitement of vacation, but you've got to have this discussion, and then you must be aware. You know, have a plan between the parents. If one of you is going to go ask a question about you know, arrival time or departure time, or one of you is going to go to the airport store to pick something up, make sure the other is completely aware. Communication is critical in situations like this. You know how many times I've been sitting in an airport and I've seen a family where the father goes to buy something from the store and the mother doesn't realize that the father's gone and the kid's wandering around and the father comes back and they're yelling at each other because he says, I thought you had him. And she says, I thought he was with you. You, you don't want that to happen. So communication is key, both between you and your travel partner and your, your children and the other people that you're traveling with. All right. Now, I want to address one more in this episode, and then we're going to do a part two, um, just because I want to try to keep these podcasts at moderate levels. And you know, this is such a, I don't know, such an important topic and, and such a, 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 you know, kind of a, a hits home topic because I have kids that I don't want to gloss over everything and, and rush through something um, without really giving it the attention that it needs. All right. So the next thing I want to talk about is hotel safety. Now, hotel safety 
can mean a whole bunch of things. You've got, you know, kids running away from you in the parking lot. You've got defective conditions existing on the property. Um, and of course, swimming pools. Now I want to just go back and I want to just go with a general overview of the hotels. So hotels, you know, kids get into hotels and they want to run around, they want to jump on furniture, they're so excited, they can't wait to, to, to get to the pool or to their destination, whether it's a theme park or, um, you know, wherever it might be, they're excited. And again, like at the airport, you have to check into the hotel. You've got to make sure that everyone's together. Um, and you don't want to lose sight of your kids. You know, you want to make sure that you know where they are. And separate and apart from somebody walking out with them, you want to make sure that they're not getting hurt, jumping off of furniture in the, the waiting area of the hotel. I'll tell you a funny story. A couple of weeks ago, my youngest son was at a hockey tournament. We were up in New Hampshire and we're sitting watching TV in the main, you know, reception area of this very large hotel, just hanging out. We had just had dinner and we were talking with another hockey family and in comes additional hockey parents and kids from our team. And the parents go over to check in at the front desk and all of a sudden, the kids are like uncaged animals. They're running and throw, literally throwing themselves over the furniture. They're toppling, you know, feet overhead, all on top of each other, onto the table, onto the chair. And sure enough, a kid lands on a coffee table. And it was like Chris Farley when he was the motivational speaker who lived in a van down by the river, jumping on the table and smashing it to smithereens. And that, of course, was my cue to take my family and slowly exit because I didn't want any part of that. But it happens in an instant. No, the kid didn't get hurt, but the parents were left trying to deal with the fact that their kid just destroyed a coffee table. So that's important. Make sure that you have a little discussion with you with your kids before you get out of the car. Hey, listen, we're going in here. We're going to check in. You must stay with me. We'll go look around the hotel later, but right now everyone stays together. Another thing that you have to be aware of is the condition of the hotel. Again, same exact trip, right? We had a tournament, and that's what we were doing up in New Hampshire. And so my son was out with my wife in this grassy area outside of the hotel. And he was warming up before his fourth game. And the the grassy area was uneven, but it was really, really deceptive. You, you couldn't tell. And at one point, there was a giant hole. And it, it looked as though they were potentially putting in a sprinkler system or something, but it was a hole that was unmarked, unblocked off. And my son stepped backwards into the hole that we couldn't see, fell, and broke his arm. So now he's missing his tournament game. He's got a broken arm. We're spending the rest of the day at urgent care trying to get an x-ray. And, you know, you're dealing with now your kid who, who's injured. And you're probably thinking to yourself, this guy's a lawyer. I bet you he ran in and sued them. Believe it or not, I didn't say anything. Um, we, we brought it to their attention about the hole. But, you know, look, accidents happen. And could somebody have made a big negligence claim and said, you know, you, you have this divot, this hole in the grass, and 
Yes, but at some point, despite the fact that I am a lawyer, I also don't want to be fighting with people when I'm trying to take care of my kids. So, look, if there was something far more egregious, sure, you'd have the right to sue. And But, you know, my, my kid has a broken arm. He's going to recover. He's in a cast. We have insurance that's paying for it. And he's missed, you know, a week of hockey. So what could you even really recover in a lawsuit? This isn't something where my son needed surgery. So what's the pain and suffering? What's, you know, the, the damage is worth well, it's not worth my sanity or my son's sanity to go in and make a stink out of it. So not every lawyer is going to go running around and sue. And, you know, most of you probably wouldn't either because, you know, it's there, it happens, it's over, you move on. You you want to, you know, just get your kid well. And, and you're not thinking about, oh, can, can I make some money off of this? Because that's not what it's about. I don't care about money. I care about my kid's safety. So you have to be careful when looking at the surroundings. Um, playgrounds, grassy areas, looking for things like drainage ditches, especially in places like Florida. You know, you'll have maybe a big grassy area behind um, maybe the house you're renting, but it's actually a drainage area, a runoff where you know, when it rains, the water drains. So you want to make sure that you are fully aware of what's around and make sure that before you let your kids run on a playground or run in the grass, that you look at it first. All right. And the last thing I want to talk about uh, with respect to hotel safety is, um, is, is doorways, believe it or not. And I'm going to, I'm going to save the swimming pools for a minute. Maybe we'll try to get to it. Let me see uh, how we do with the, with the door thing. So years ago, again, defending insurance companies, I had a case where a young boy was exiting a hotel room with his parents, and while the door was open, he put his hand inside the door crack and door jam. And when the mother let the door go, because hotel doors are very heavy and generally on some form of spring closure, the force of the door closing actually cut this kid's four fingers right off from the middle knuckle all the way down to the tips of his fingers. Every finger on that hand was laying on the floor. And you know, tragic for sure. It was a terrible case. It was terrible to see this kid as they had to, you know, try to sew his fingertips back on. And, he, you know, he, he didn't regain full use of his hand the way that he had. We were representing the hotel and they were saying that we were negligent because the door was so heavy and the spring was so um, so tight that, you know, it, it sprung back with such force and that it should have been reasonably foreseeable that a kid or a, a, another person might stick their finger in that door jam area and, and be injured. And ultimately the case settled. Uh, the insurance company paid quite a bit of money, which they should have, quite frankly. Um, but you have to be aware of how dangerous the doors are. 
I, ever since that case, I am always watching where my kids are putting their fingers when we're exiting the hotel room. I'm constantly, get your fingers out of the door jam, because I don't want to see that happen to my kids. So be aware of that. I mean, a lot of times, you know, you know that a kid's finger could get pinched, but you might not realize that the force of those doors and the spring-loaded closure can actually sever your fingers, cut your fingers right off. All right. Uh, Let's see where we are. I think we're going to try to get through then the final topic about hotels, and then we will save the rest for the next episode. Uh, Hotel pools. Hotel pools are one of the most common areas in a hotel where kids get injured. And it, it, it has a lot to do with this... I think, false, false sense of security in some hotel pools. You know, you're, you're in the pool, there's other people around, um, you, you feel relaxed and at ease, and there you are with your kids swimming, and all of a sudden, you know, their floating device breaks, or they go into the pool without the floating device. And even these hotels where they have a lifeguard on staff, you know, that the lifeguard aspect of swimming, to me, yes, lifeguards are absolutely necessary. And, and it's a safety thing, right? But you cannot put the lives of everybody in that pool on the head of one lifeguard. You can't. I've been down at Disney where they have one or two lifeguards at every pool. And still, things happen so quickly that a kid will go under. And by the time the lifeguard turns around and realizes it, that kid could be in jeopardy. And and I've seen it happen. Fortunately, I've seen the parents realize what was going on and jump into the pool or or whatever. I'll tell you a story uh, from, from my own experience. When my youngest kid was actually it wasn't it was my middle kid when he was maybe 8 years old 7 8 years old we were at a friend's pool and you know you you're all relaxed like I'm talking about this kind of false sense of security you know the my son had a floating vest on and he was in the shallow end and I was right there and what happened is he got out of the pool he had a hot dog I didn't know it. He took off his vest and he ate and then started to go in to a deeper end without the vest. And we were all talking. I happened to glance over and I see him getting off the ladder with no life vest into the pool. He can't swim. And I could see him start to sink. So I immediately just jumped into the pool. I dove into the pool, halfway across the pool, in my clothes, in my shoes, um, my cell phone in my pocket, my wallet to get him. And thank God I got him and everything was fine. But, you know, it happens to all of us. And I want to make sure that you are thinking about the dangers associated with swimming pools. You know, it's just 27%, by the way, 27% of children who suffered injuries while swimming did so at a hotel pool or spa. 
27%. You know, and that doesn't, that statistic factors in swimming in the ocean, swimming in your personal pool, but 27% at hotel pools, that's a big number. And according to the U.S. uh, Consumer Product Safety Commission, and, and these reports are an average from uh, years stemming from like 2013 all the way up to current day, it's somewhere around the area of 65 to 6,700 people receiving emergency care for injuries in public swimming pools, like hotel swimming pools, every year. And that number has steadily grown. It's increased drastically since 2011. And it's, you know, something you need to be aware of because, again, you've seen it on the news. You've seen these heartbreaking, tragic stories where you're at a hotel and a kid drowns. So, you know, be vigilant, be aware, don't rely on the lifeguards, make sure you've had discussions with your kids and that you yourself are constantly watching to make sure that nothing happens. Again, could you sue a pool or sue a hotel because the pool didn't have a lifeguard or you know it was dangerous? Sure. But what good is suing when your kid is is either you know seriously injured or God forbid drown? What good is that? Who cares? You know, I want my kids. I don't want money for my kids. I want my kids. So just be vigilant and be careful. All right, so that's all we're going to talk about today. This was a a longer episode. I apologize for that. But we talked about travel safety, and then we talked about hotel. On the next episode, I'm going to talk about ocean safety. I'm going to talk about social media safety, um, and then wrap it up with some tips. But that's going to do it for today. Um, Please make sure that you tune into the next episode. Uh, Just another couple of announcements. We are now on Alexa. And so if you want to enable that skill and put the podcast into your flash briefings, all you have to do is go to the Alexa app and search UTL radio. That's UTL radio, and then enable the skill. And you'll be able to get that on your flash briefings, which is pretty cool. Uh, Don't forget that you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, and it would be super helpful to the show if you would just leave you know, a nice rating and let iTunes know that, you know, this content is valuable to you and that the show is good and that you enjoy it. It would mean a lot to me personally as well. All right, that's going to do it. Stay tuned for the next episode where we talk about part two of vacation travel safety. Thanks and have a good day. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Understanding the Law Radio. If you'd like more information about the show, or if you'd like to take advantage of our business and legal self-help resources, including our extensive video library, then visit us online at utlradio.com. You can also find us over on Facebook, Twitter, and on YouTube. Now, if you have any questions about any of the topics that you've heard discussed on today's show, or if you'd like to suggest a topic for future shows, please feel free to reach out to me directly at pl at pjlesq.com, or you can call us at 201-904-2211. Please also make sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Also, share the information that you receive 
through this podcast with your family, your friends, and colleagues, and let them know about utlradio.com, your business success and legal information station.